Hi guys, welcome back to Alternative. Um, we've been away for a bit. Uh, we decided to take a pause on the podcast, but now we're back. Um, and for good reason as well. Aaron, do you want to go over why we're back? Yeah. On the podcast? So, we sort of went away to reevaluate the channel a little bit. Um, tried some new things, but didn't end up working out. Um, so we had a chat and said we actually missed doing the podcast. It noticed not having this sort of hour and a half with Cam. It sort of um, sort of affecting my day to day life. Like it's weird because I feel like having these like long conversations once a week or every two weeks make a massive difference in helping you think more clearly in the podcast. We're thinking creatively, so it's like a bit of a just gets your brain working, gets your brain into gear. And I found like day to day at work and stuff, I just wasn't as focused as I was when we were doing the podcast. So it's just like a small, small benefit in our own personal lives as well. It's something that we enjoyed doing. And yeah, so we're back. Yeah, I think we'll try to go off uh, and do some other things for the channel, such as like documentaries and different types of content to boost our subscribers and our views but reflecting back on it we are doing this for us first and then the channel second so uh, we want to sort of grow and build ourselves and hopefully the channel will build and grow with us uh, and then we can start building some sort of community but yeah I agree as well like just having this hour and a half conversation to really sort of state your thoughts and feelings about different subjects and things that are going on in the world definitely Definitely. Yeah, um, it's weird because the stuff we even talk about is not really applicable to our day-to-day lives. Yeah, like, we speak about like current events and what's going on in the tech world. Some things are like, applicable to day-to-day like, personal development things, but it's not like the, the bulk of the podcast. Mm. But just even talking about those things and coming up with new ideas about society and where you think where you think things are heading, it does sort of. Yeah, it helps you think creatively and outside the box a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, definitely helping with the thought processes and what goes behind actually thinking about things. Yeah, I think now might be a good time to address our thought, like our website and stuff. So we've put together a website um, and we've put together a bit of like a, a mission for the channel. And it's basically us two, me and Cam, we're, we're both brothers and we're both on a journey to develop ourselves and get a clear understanding of the world. Um, so by doing alternative, we hope to build an audience that want to come along with us on that journey. And as we grow, the channel grows, the audience grows, and we get more of a community feel. Um, yeah. So you got anything else to add to that? Um, well, the website's alternative, alt-alternative.co.uk. Check it out. Um, yeah, you'll just see a bit more about us as people. Um, and also we're implementing a book club as well into the channel. So every month we're going to take it in alternate um, goes to choose different books for us each to read. Um, but we also want the community that we're building to read along with us. Um, we know for a fact that we do want to read more. Um, so it's sort of a fun way of reading and actually taking in um the book and not just reading for the sake of reading we're actually have to take it in and analyze it and have a discussion about it 
so if you head over to our website um you'll see what book we're reading at the moment um which is the great reset by alex jones a very controversial mm -hmm. man but um i think it does deserve definitely does deserve a read um but we'll be um doing an episode for the book club later in the in the month um but there's a good quote which you'll find on the website too which is in the case of good books the point is not to see how many of them you can get through but rather how many of them can get through to you i thought that was a good quote um because that's why we're doing the book club it's about actually analyzing the book rather than just i have a goal of reading 50 books in a year that doesn't mean as much as reading a book taking it in and having a discussion about it um, so it helps in yeah. quite a few different ways and i think i think the discussion piece will definitely help sort of implement mm. what we've learned in the book because it's easy to read a book think you've understood it and then you read new, another book and you've totally forgotten about that book or you read another three books and that book's like gone to your back of your mind yeah 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 it's the same with anything right because i guess with books it's a bit more but there's only a small percentage of if I read a book, 100% of a book, um, I think it's something like 10% of it you'll take in um, mm. just from reading it. But I'm, I'm guessing from analysing it and from discussing it, the percentage will be a lot higher. It's similar, well, through podcasts or audiobooks, I think apparently you only take in between 2 and 5%. Um, but I imagine with some of the way we listen to other podcasts now, we listen to them with sort of an angle that we could just discuss it on this podcast so we listen to podcasts in a different way so it's just like reading books in a different way yeah we usually do yeah that's true especially like when i when we do this podcast if i've listened to some stuff during the week and it's in my head i'll talk to you about it and then i go away and think about it a little bit more it's just yeah. it's in your head longer so it's gonna stick around whereas um when you just passively listen to podcasts you don't take in no no, not at all. Um, so yeah, and then obviously in the future, uh, we're going to have a few extra guests coming in the podcast and we're going to be interviewing some people as well. So there's yeah. going to be a few different angles of the channel, which we're going to be taking it to. So I think the interviews will be interesting because we can read and listen to podcasts, but I feel like actually speaking to people who are experts in these specific areas will enhance our knowledge. Like tenfold yeah having them discussions because yeah we go away each week learn some stuff come back and discuss it with each other it'd be good to discuss with other people and then sort of bring what we find in them discussions to this yeah definitely so yeah mm -hmm. um obviously as we're in england we just need to i guess address of the queen's death yeah um, so England's currently in a 10-day mourning period. Yeah. 10-day or 11-day? I thought it was 10. Oh, but then 11th day is the funeral. Is that what it is? Is 11th day the funeral? I don't know. <laughs> I think the other say is the funeral. Because when before the Queen passed away, I was reading about like, do you know when the news was sort of being released that she's not well? I was reading about what happens if she passed away. I'm sure it mentioned 12 day morning period. And then 
I think you're on mute, Cam. Shit, sorry. Yeah, it says that here, 12-day mourning period, but on September the 9th, Buckingham Palace released a statement detailing King Charles III has requested an extension with the mourning period lasting until seven days after the Queen's funeral on 19th of September. Oh, okay. So the funeral's on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, and then it's going to be seven days. So it's yeah, so it's quite a while then. It's quite a lot of mm-hmm. a more, long morning period. Um, it's big news though, because yeah. obviously she was head of the royal family for such a long period of time. Was it seventy years? Yeah, she wrote that letter. Yeah, it was a jubilee this year, seventieth jubilee, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she wrote that letter as well, wasn't she? So she wrote a letter. I'm going to say 34 years ago, it might be 30 something years ago, which can't be opened. I think it was 33 years ago, she wrote a letter. And it can't be opened for another 66 years because when she wrote it, it couldn't be opened for 99 years. All right. Which she might be alive when that gets opened. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. We could, well, we'll be, uh, hopefully, if technology keeps us. Fit and healthy. Well, six, six, six years, did you say? It's left. It's six, I think it's a yeah, so sixty something years. So you might. Well, it depends oh. what happens. It depends <laughs> what happens. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I'll be counting down the days. What do you think will be in the letter? Like what? Is, I don't. I don't know. Thirty-three years ago. I wasn't even alive thirty-three years ago. There wasn't much of 33 years ago, there was no internet, no... Would we be coming well after a world war, so... Mm. I think it's a relatively peaceful time. Mm. I don't know, it just... It's just a letter, but it's sort of like... Because it can't be opened for that long, it sort of builds hype around it, and then when they open yeah. it, it might be a bit of a let down. Anti-climax. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of um, King Charles? Um, I think it's going to be different. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone about the Queen, and we were basically talking about corruption within the not within the royal family, but just corruption within the world. And the Queen was probably... Obviously, you've got all the stuff with Prince Andrew, which doesn't really need to be addressed, I guess. But <laughs> um, the, the Queen sort of... Uh, we don't know for sure, but it seems like she was the last of the of the good... Um, the good ones, if you know what I mean. Last of the best. Yeah, that's I feel the same about that. Yeah, and with her passing, like she, she had it a bit under control. Mm. From my perspective, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not well read on the Queen or anything. Yeah. But, uh, just from my perception, I feel like she had it a little bit more under control than. Yeah. I feel like from with with uh, King Charles, as we know, like he's in the WEF. He. The one who fought the idea of the Great Reset. Yeah. 
that's what probably stands out to me the most. But like, obviously, with him coming king, you start conducting your research, and obviously we knew he was part of World Economic Forum, but it's like the one thing that stands out. I guess it must stand out to a lot of people. Like now he's in charge. What does that actually mean for mm. this whole agenda that they're pushing? Because as, t- as well, you might think like the Queen or the royal family has no power, real power, but they do have power. They can close Parliament if they want, mm. but the Queen never enforced like she never used that power. Yeah. So he always. I'm not saying King, I'm not saying King Charles will, but I'm saying that's the power they have. Yeah, like, they've got yeah. power. Yeah, you, from looking at the Queen, knowing that she has an absolutely like ridiculous amount of power she never you could tell that the power didn't go to her head yeah um, and even if you look back on history because obviously that's what the monarchy is it's basically like modern history in a, in a sense but there's always going to be uh, kings and queens in the past where the powers got to the head mm. and it, obviously back then uh, the world was a completely different place but having a king or queen in modern day now and having them have power get to their head could uh well it could end in because if you have a king back in the day and the power gets to the head then they have a war and it's sort of uh it's sort of uh, solicited by a war um but a, a modern day war it could be uh the end of the human civilization as we know it yeah like looking at the extremes yeah but you're right in what you're saying like the queen was i feel like she was trusted by the population and by the government whereas charles we don't know too much about him mm. like the queen built this trust over years yeah 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 so you just don't know what, like what could happen mm. i'm not saying it will happen but there's always like the possibility there like he's, he's yeah. new to power. Yeah. Mm. And from what we know of WEF, they're quite, feel like they're quite a power hungry group. Yeah. Well, obviously with was reading the great reset at the moment, um, was identify a lot of the power, like hungriness that they have. Um, it could be a good talking point in the book club once we know more once we finish the book and we know yeah what's going on yeah 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 probably an, another avenue to look into more and what his actual position within the world economic forum is yeah because i can imagine he's with him being king he's probably quite high up uh in the world economic forum yeah now he definitely like he's probably stepped up a few ranks yeah <laughs> um to be honest with you when I first heard about the Great Reset and Prince Charles was advocating for it. I never thought in my head that one day he's going to be king. Yeah. 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 That's true. I never actually thought what happens if the Queen dies because I just always assumed that she's going to be there. Yeah, you've never really stopped to think about it. In the back of your mind, you know that obviously she's going to die soon, but you don't stop and have a think about what what the implications of this are going to be. Um, so yeah, it's sad. There was one thing though, as well, is, um, obviously like the queen, she's part of, when she was alive, she, 
she was a royal family. She's like sort of. Apparently, she had a quite a good sense of humor. But then I was I was thinking, in Ali G in the house, that movie. Yeah. There's a scene in there where he like trips over and pulls the pants yeah. and then starts talking about yeah her. Um, I think how was that that legal to do that because you can't you're not even allowed to do certain things to money um because it defaces the queen but he's doing that i don't think it's illegal it's not like he's i don't think i don't know it's just free speech comedy in it so it can't be illegal because yeah he did it and it's went went to the cinema and still in the uh the film now. Well, well, I don't know if it is though, because I thought it got removed from the scene. Have you watched it recently? Yeah, I watched it about two years ago. No, oh, maybe it's still in there then. I thought it got removed and we just had a dodgy copy of it back in the day. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I I think so. I was watching a sense of humor. Obviously, wasn't crude like that. But I was watching a YouTube video of like times where she's been funny. And she does have like a bit of bunt. Yeah, there was um a story where some Americans came over to the UK and they were in what they called them places in London where members go and drink. Oh, like a, mem- a members only club. Yeah, yeah. Do you know there's loads of them on that road? Yeah. Got the cold. Um, you probably know that, but they were in there basically with some friends, and their friends left and left these two Americans in there, and then it was like got crowded with loads of security and stuff because the Queen was in there, uh, in like the bar sort of area, like years ago, and he's like we're drinking and getting pissed these Americans and then they were talking to the security guards about because they're obviously Her Majesty's security they're talking to yeah. her about the Queen and stuff about what how what she like and all this stuff not knowing that the Queen was sat two seats away and then these all getting drunk and kept talking to them about the Queen and stuff and then they're like well as they were about to leave they went to the Queen who was sat there and said oh do you mind taking a photo of us with the guards not knowing it was oh, the right. Queen and then the queen took the photo and then um said something to him whilst they were leaving like um i forgot what she said something funny to him about well maybe one day you might meet her or something like that and they didn't even notice it was that and they didn't know the americans though isn't it like yeah no, no. <laughs> that's well funny so i think she did have a sense of humor Cause I saw a video and she was sat with like all these European leaders. Yeah. And she goes, um, Boris Johnson was sat on the left of her and they were getting pictures taken. And she goes, she goes, are we supposed to look like we're enjoying this? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think she was, a uh, definitely a good person to have in there. So it's, it is sad. But... Yeah. It's about what's going to happen now, isn't it? The next move. But we'll guess we'll see what happens, won't we? 
At the minute, you've just got to think about the Queen, really. Not too much on... Morning periods. Yeah. Um, but that sort of brings you on to one of my articles. Uh, yep. I'm just going to get it on. Which... Yeah, so this woman, she in um, Scotland, I think she had it up in Edinburgh. Um, she had, does it show the sign? Scroll down. She held the sign, I think, yeah, says basically where it's blurred out, it says, uh, fuck imperialism, abolish monarchy. Um, and she got arrested holding up this sign. Um, it was on was it Sunday. This article came out yesterday. So. Yeah, so I think it was on Sunday. So she got arrested for it. Um, I think as a public order offence. Oh right. But I no like. I feel like her, whether you agree with her views or not, I feel like people should have the right to express their opinions. I don't think it's very tasteful to do it after the Queen just passed away. Yeah, but I don't think people should be arrested for expressing their opinions. So it says you have been charged with a criminal offence. It's happened. Oh, I heard about the heckler who shouted at Prince Andrew. Mm. Did you hear about him as well? No, I didn't hear about him. He said something about... Um, I'm going to botch it because I don't know what he says word for word, but it was something about you can be a nonce, but as long as you're rich, then you get away with it. All right. And he got like, dragged away. So I think there's been a lot of uh, different views of, on the royal family. Like the Queen Diane sort of brought, brought this into uh, the limelight. But I think so. What I've noticed is a lot of these people who are have these views and want to make these views public and express them. A lot of these people would be the kind of people that want to cancel people for other things. Mm. So it just makes you think like you can't have your cake and eat it like. You either let everyone say what they want about certain topics or yeah. everyone who says anything offensive gets cancelled. Well, I guess it's what it is, is it's that period. This is the, that period of either they choose now, go for, it needs to be addressed. Like, are we free speech or not? Because we are free speech. Yeah. So in that case, why are people getting charged for holding up a sign. Yeah, exactly. But then, if it's not addressed now, then all that's going to happen is both sides of the coin are going to get pissed off because yeah. none of them can express their own opinions and they're only, yeah. the other one has to think exactly the same. Yeah, it's that um, Overton window, right? You heard about it? Oh, I think I've spoken about yeah, it. Yeah, you told me about it, but I'm not looked into it. All right, I'll get it uh, on screen. So, I don't know how it works fully, but 
This is the Overton window, so and then they say that it's sh it's shrinking. So this one's probably a good better one. Both sides of the spectrum, as you said there. Yeah. Um, unthinkable things, basically, you can't say because. I guess that stuff, which is that extreme that you just wouldn't say that you just because it's unthinkable. Yeah. Radical is probably what trying to get like terrorist organizations to do something. Um, but it's it's closing. Um, so and then you've got acceptable, sensible, popular. So it's popular on both sides. That's what we can say at the moment. And that's where the problem is like, it's only going to squeeze into policy. And it's like what you've just said there It's this is what you now need to say. Yeah. So is that where the windows are at the moment? That popular? This is the Overton window. So this is where we are. This is what people are saying. Well, we're in the Overton window now. This is the Overton. Ah, uh, I get you. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas it should stop really acceptable. Yeah. Well, realistically, even radical should. If you think about radical yeah. and if you're looking at this from positives and negatives um i guess if that's how you want to look at it if you want to say something radically good you're allowed to say that but then you so it's sort of it's difficult because if you something radically good is good something saying something radically no, but i think the term radical has been uh changed a bit into a negative a positive, thing. positive yeah i think it's I don't know, define radical. Because I think, you know, like, when, like, skaters and surfers say that's rad. Radical, dude. It, I thought it just means, it's just a, a description word, right? So. Yeah, so you really should be allowed to say a radical stuff. Radical yeah, stuff. The noun of it is, a person who advocates through complete political or social change, or a member of a polit political party or section of a party pursuing such aims. Yeah, so if you go back to the diagram, I feel like it unthinkable would be more like a terrorist organisation planning to blow some buildings up or do something insane. And then radical yeah. is just people pushing the boundaries with the way that they're hard to speak and what their thoughts are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then acceptable is sort of what the... Well, that's similar to what we were saying on a, on a podcast before when, for example, one of the comedians got, I think, was it Chris Rock? Who got done for putting a tweet out like 10 years ago, which said something about his son being gay. I don't know if it was Chris Rock, so I don't know if he said that his son, something about him, his son not being, not wanting his son to be gay at that time was acceptable. So he could have said it, but now because we're shrinking, it's been brought back up and he's getting in trouble for it or cancelled for it or whatever. Yeah. That's another problem though in itself because why are we trekking back to something where it was acceptable at that time? We weren't in the Overton window at that time. Yeah. No, I, th I think this makes a lot of sense. It's interesting, isn't it, the Overton window? Yeah. Because once it goes down to policy, then we're just the same as flipping North Korea, China. Yeah. 1984. Yeah. Oh, that, that's why the book's got so popular, though, is, uh, well, over recent 
time mm. where he's hit the nail on the head, even though it was 1984, he's sort of hitting the nail on the head now, isn't he? <laughs> What'd you say? Um, that's why the book's got so popular over like the last couple of years is because we are living, we are, it, we can project, we can actually see what he's on about now. More than yeah, you can see that we could easily flip into that kind of society in the next 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. Especially if there's more and more bloody, um, like catastrophe, like disasters. Yeah. They seem to like accelerate us forward into that kind of thing. Do you mean more. sort of like the coronavirus? Yeah, like the pandemic or like 9-11, things like that. When things are happening, the government seems to take more and more control and get we lose more and more rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, COVID seems to accelerate things fucking tenfold. I think, especially with social media being around now. Mm. Um, but I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. Now. Oh yeah, I was. Um, don't know if you've listened to it, Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo. Did you listen to it? All? Um, I turned it off about. I think I had about forty minutes of it left, or maybe an hour of it left, and I thought it's a bit uncomfortable because. I feel like Joe doesn't actually like Eddie Bravo anymore. Yeah, but I feel like Joe doesn't let Eddie Bravo go in his mad, like, say just yeah. some shit anymore. What did Theo Vaughn call him? He called him uh, a, a Jack Russell, a deaf Jack yeah. Russell. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. But Joe seems to have him a bit under control, that like, tamed him down mm. a little bit. Which I think was good because some of the shit Eddie Bravo says makes sense. Yeah. He needs some a of it, for it all though, doesn't he? Yeah. Some of it goes a bit wild on. But it's the same with Alex Jones, right? Like, yeah. He goes a bit wild sometimes. Um, but one thing he said was, uh, what, the, what these people in power try to do is, or the government, they do things, they say things and implement fear into you and the only way that fear can be gone is through the government being, being able to fix it. Yeah. So, for example, the pandemic, a lot of fear was put on the, popula um, the population and the population had the only people they could turn to to fix it with the government. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're more and more to do that, then the people think we're more and more reliant on the government. We need the yeah. government. Which I thought was interesting. Hmm. No, he's definitely got good points because um, he makes sense at the, a lot of what he says when he starts, but then as his tangent grows, mm. he starts like, trying to back himself up with um, things that don't make as much sense. But the premise of what he's saying makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like Rowan understands that about him, so he tries to not make him go too far. Yeah. Apart from when he was talking about, I don't know if he, I don't think he mentioned it from how much I've listened to in this one, but on a previous podcast with Rogan when he was talking about the flat earth theory. Yeah, no, he didn't. I think Rogan didn't have him back on because of that. <laughs> I think Rogan got pissed off with him in that one. Yeah. yeah I think that's where it, the last time he came on was, was then. Yeah. So, because okay. there's like, I feel like with conspiracy theories, there's, Ones that are genuine. And then there's some that are just fucking crazy. Yeah, there needs to be a new name to separate the two. 
And I feel like the crazy ones put a bad name, like make people just discount the ones that are genuine. Mm. So I don't know if these crazy ones are just put out there to try and throw people off. Or like they're a government-made conspiracy. Well, I don't know, a government or people in power, I don't know, powers that be. Only minority-made conspiracy theories. WEF-made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... Um... Well, there's conspiracy theories for everything. I mean, I was watching one the other day. I went through like a rabbit hole of uh, George Bush and 9-11. Oh, yeah. And some guy was analysing, you know, when he was told about 9-11 happening? Yeah. He was in the school. And then the guy who was analysing was like, first of all, who would pick a better place to be at a time? If you've set this up, who would pick like, a better place to be than in a school at the time of it? when it was supposed to happen. Um, so he was doing that. And then he was analysing his face after he was told, because the camera was just on his face for ages after he was told. And um, he was saying, everyone's saying that this guy was uh, had it all under control. He was great. He, he, it was amazing. Or if you look at his reaction from the other side of the coin, he knew what was happening, what that was going to happen. And he wasn't sort of phased, but he was just like, all right, it's happened. It's done. Yeah. But it is like, how do you sort of, he's just analysing that, like, how do you define his reaction to whether he knew or not? Is it like, you know, trying to figure it out? I guess he was in no panic, but then he could have just been a very calm person to deal with that in front of all the children. Yeah, I think the setting of having children is a good setting for him to be told that, but I don't know. When you go into that stuff, like you can fall into like a deep. But that's the thing. What you're saying as well is um, because there's like that side of it which is so extreme. It's just well, unthinkable if you want to call mm. it that. Um, when you just start with like a small slice of the pie, which is actually understandable, that tangent just goes down a massive rabbit hole. So. If we start with, he knew about that 9-11 was going to happen. For example, that's quite believable, we understand it. But if you keep following that rabbit hole, you end up with uh, fucking all these people with the hoods up. Like, you end up in yeah. this minority ending. But there's so many different little conspiracy theories where they all point to that same thing. Yeah, that's that one, that big power in control. Yeah, that new world order just... Mm. Um, the thing is, though, like... The New World Order was spoken about. I, I remember looking into it when I was like 15 and it was a conspiracy theory then, but now it's the Great Reset is essentially the New World Order. Yeah. But it's so widely spoken about as if it's what we learned back then was true. Yeah. What we thought was a crazy conspiracy back then, it's actually happening right now and it's just mm. normal. That's what that made me feel like, whoa. When I first heard about the Great Reset, I, I think I must have seen it on like an article or something. Or it might have been Russell Brand, I can't remember. But I saw it and I was like, oh, like it's conspiracy. And then when I looked into it more, it was just on like normal mainstream media. Yeah. It. And then you go on the WF's website and it's talking about the Great Reset. Yeah, all the videos, like, all the articles, everything. It's not like you're on some dodgy website these like genuine websites with, yeah yeah like, yeah 
real affiliations with companies and corporations. Mm. But when we was watching it, what, 10 years ago on YouTube about the, the um, New World Order and everything, what they're talking about today, back then, watching it on some weird YouTube channel, which is just proper Illuminati, like. Yeah. And it's just low budget, just weird. Probably not trustworthy. But then now it's come out professional, 100% true. Yeah. No one's linking to the fact that this was a conspiracy theory come true. It's like no one's surprised by it. It, does, it doesn't actually make any sense. They've come out with it, proper normal about it all, really just let it all out there. And they must think, okay, the society and the people, they're at a place now where they're not going to do, they're not going to be able to fuck all about it anyway, even if we do do the Great Reset. And that's the way it's looking, that there's no, no one has any control over it. Yeah. And they've got all of the control and they've got all the power. There's no pushback. No, there's not. And it, it's, I don't know, it's weird. Obviously, there's pushback, there's people talking about it, but... There's a small, well, I don't know if it's a small community of people that are pushing back. It might be. Because I, like I've said to you loads of times, like, Joe Rogan's got the most listened to podcast. Yeah. In the world, so people are aware of what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? If I went and spoke to somebody on the street and asked them about the Great Reset, they probably wouldn't know about it. Probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, they probably wouldn't know about it. And then if you try to teach someone about it, majority of people probably wouldn't even give a shit. Yeah. Or they'd think I'm talking crazy. Yeah. It sounds like, oh, this guy's watched too many, gone down too many rabbit holes. Yeah. This time. I've been on YouTube too long. <laughs> um, but it's, um, yeah, it's at a, posi- a place now where, I mean, for example, we're t- would you necessarily say we're pushing back? We're talking about it. We're making other people aware about it. That's all that can be done. There's no, there's no pushback on this because they're going to take what controls the world is money and they're going to basically rip that part of life out of your life. Yeah. What, the, what, the, what, what are we going to do? Keep spending money on, on like what? Because they, they're all of the big corporations that actually run the world are involved in it. Well, I think the governments and central banks have fucked up by getting rid of their reserve, like gold. So gold, getting rid of the gold reserve and then essentially just printing money to get us out of mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our currency is just going to devalue into nothing, which kind of falls in line with what people are saying about it having a digital yeah currency uh, yeah, digital yeah, yeah. Set, a digital centralized crypto um so i i really think in the next three four years we'll get we'll see that new currency come in yeah even probably even sooner it'll be um, i reckon it will start getting implemented very very it's basically being implemented now yeah it's probably they're probably putting things in place for it to happen now um there's an article I read. Uh, Rishi Sunak was has been lo- was looking into it when he was chancellor, mm. not doing it, and he was speaking about it publicly. Like it's just is what it is. Yeah. So these things as well, like you say to someone, like they're going to implement a digital cryptocurrency, and mm. they're going to get rid of cash. People be like, no, they won't do that. Yeah. Well, one half of people. Well, no one say half, but one set of large set of people will be against it. They won't do it. Even though it's happening 
right underneath our feet. And another half of people would be um, sort of, yeah, that would be good. It would be good. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then some other, but you get all these types of different types of people, but they'll either deny it, they either want it, like they agree with it, they fall for the marketing of it or whatever. And then you get people who are like, oh, I don't care. I just want to live my life. Yeah. But what I think could end up happening is if they implement this digital currency, then that's just full control over people's finances then which means with these green policies they're putting in place they could easily say to the population all right no one's buying petrol this week and mm. um, stop they could just stop any transactions going through for petrol yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but there's certain people can buy petrol well that, that's where the esg rating comes into it which Who's it led by the yeah. economic forum? So it'd be you have an ESG rating that like Aaron has his ESG rating. Oh, you fucked up there. Uh, you can't get petrol now. Yeah. Because this is diplo, and it might be something that you tweeted, for example. You might have tweeted something. So your um, social. I mean, you'll have one whole one, but your social numbers gone down. So it's like, well, to make up for that, you can't get any petrol because you need your number to go back up before. Yeah. Or it could be environmental one goes down because you spent this much on petrol, mm. you use this much gas, and you use this much electricity, like you're overusing. Yeah, and it'll be like, now you have to go and um, put a tweet out about how great Klaus Schwab is to get your rating higher again. Yeah, <laughs> to get your social rating higher. <laughs> to put your, your thing higher. So it'll be like, they'll all work in different ways, but it'll be for one overall score. Yeah, so it's a social credit system, isn't it? Yeah, it's dodgy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is that is it's pretty fucked up. Thinking about a world like that. Yeah, I would love to speak to somebody who is pro this, pro the Great Reset. Yeah, pro the Great Reset, pro digital currency, and see what their sort of reasoning is behind it on why it would be good yeah because we're only discussing it between ourselves and then seeing the people who are fighting against it i don't hear I, I, maybe i need to do a bit more research but i'd like to hear somebody who talks positively about this yeah who's for it because in my head i can only see the negative consequences i can see your positive consequences of this currency is more convenient the only positives I can see is for the ones in charge of it. Every other possible outcome of it means less freedom. Yeah. More being like solicited more on your actions. I mean, it's all going to tie in where, I mean, we've got the watches on, so they're always going to be monitoring our health. I mean, someone was saying the other day on something or other, it might be an article I read about Apple or whoever's got your smartwatch, like who, whichever companies run, tech companies running, running your smartwatch, they know where, what sort of thing. So imagine you're on your phone, right? And you're consuming some sort of content. 
they can know what content you're consuming. They can see what it does to you with your um, heartbeat, with your blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. And this is what they'll eventually be able to do. You just put it together to be like, all right, it's this sort of thing that makes him like his heart rate slow down. This makes his heart rate increase. Um, they'll probably know you're ill before you even know you're ill. Oh, yeah. Um, so they've got all of these, like, it's going to be an insane amount of data from all these different like zones which they can put in together and they'll know so much fucking shit about you and what probably what your next move is where you're gonna about to go it's weird it's it's like they're gonna know everything you do before you even do it mm. and it's like a loop so it feels like we're gonna go back into well what we're gonna go into however the world started in, in the matrix sort of thing because if they have all that data away, they can then see what you're going to do. They can basically see into the future eventually. And it's like, right, no, well, now you're basically feels like it's a computer system that we're living in. Yeah. Once they crack that code. Yeah, they're treating humanity as computers, not what humanity is. Yeah. They're missing the actual beauty of humanity and. Mm. Focusing on what that, how can they control the populace just as that with numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just mad. It just must be power mad. It's just what it is. I don't know. Is it like a, um, I can't say it's like a disease, but it must be uh, something within them that's just crazy. But then, well, it might lead back to just a different set of people among us that aren't human. It's a conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> All right, should we go on the next one? Yeah. Well, yeah, since we're on the, the hype of it, I'll put this one up then. Uh, so, yeah, this is just an article that I saw. Uh, I know you like your ancient history, so yeah. that's why I included it. Vanished arm of Nile helped ancient Egyptians transport pyramid materials. So what they're saying is uh, 4,500 years ago, the Nile River had an arm, so a, like a section of it, uh, yeah. which has long vanished with high water levels that helped labourers ship materials to the construction site. Um, All right. Um, this says a new study, but I've heard about this before. That the River Nile actually flowed past the pyramids, and that's what they used, yeah, to take all the materials. Oh, out. so you've heard this. All right. I, well, I yeah. included it just to like hear. All right. Not, yeah, but that. I don't know why it says new study. Maybe it was a bit of a, do you know them fringe guys who find out these things, but then oh, they yeah. suspect it, but then no one really confirms it. So it might just be confirmed now. Yeah, maybe like what we were saying about the uh, the Great Reset and stuff before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's obviously an, uh, an exciting discussion about the pyramids because yeah. them things what? are built like fucking strong, man. One thing it doesn't sort of answer to me is, yeah, they can transport all the stuff there, but who the fuck picked them up and put them on? Yeah, but then they're saying that slaves didn't do it. Mm. They're saying that it's too, the, um, the pyramids are too much of an angle to be able to pull a stone up. All oh, right. Because we got to, Slaves went on ramps and pulled the stones up. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The saying that it's too like I kind of don't know what the word is for it, but it's too much on an angle. So like you can't pull a stone up that high, that vertical. Hmm. So then what the other factor is that they had technology back then, which we are not aware of now. Yeah, well, I think they did. And I think I think there's a lot of stuff from back then that we sort of just shrug off now. Mm. Um, and it goes maybe like back to like this... Because I've been looking a bit into like spirituality and stuff as well. Yeah. And I think there's things there that we don't know. I don't know too much about it. I just like look into it a little bit. I think there's things there that have either been hidden from us or, or just been lost in the past. What, like, in terms of like technologies that they previously had? Technologies and understanding more about the universe and humans. I yeah. feel like they had some knowledge then that hasn't been passed down the line. Yeah, because these are pyramids um, or tombstones, right? That's what they say they are, but... They put the dead in, but then they're built by pyramids, so the, they at that time they could build normal square. And there's something to do with the, do with the pyramids. It aligns perfectly with the stars. a certain star um, constellation. Lines perfect. And mm. there's so much about the universe that people back then used to know that these days we don't even consider. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's just lost in time. Yeah. The time. But then, like, I look back and I think, like, the Catholic Church came up and they had, they, you know about the Catholic Church, like, they changed the religion, like they changed Christianity. Yeah. To sort of suit them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's into a model that suits them, yeah. Yeah, to be able to control the population. So I don't know whether like these kind of things got sort of pushed away and hidden from like the mass population. Hmm. Something that like, I would like to look into a bit more. Ancient civilizations. Ancient civilizations, yeah, like what the Catholic Church did and like mythology and things like that because I yeah. think there's, there's, there's some truth in what they say yeah, and I know yeah, like yeah. with mythology it's a bit like fictional like with Greek mythology even like Hindu mythology it's all like in Greek mythology you got fucking well, Medusa <laughs> woman with uh, snakes on her head and yeah well, it's like similar to the Bible, though, isn't it? It just needs to be deciphered into what the mm. actual message they're trying to portray is. Yeah. And I think there's always, like, a message there that has some truth in it, has some, like, good philosophies in there that you can actually get some good knowledge from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just need reading and understanding a bit more. And articulating and, uh, and analysing it a bit further than yeah. just isn't it? And making it more, like, modern-day relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatable yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. There must be people out there who have done that, deciphered it. Yeah, I'll have a look. Have a look into it. Mm. Because I think with Hinduism, it's the oldest religion in the world. Well, oldest modern religion in the yeah. world. Yeah, the one that's still around. Yeah. 
So I know we like our, our grandma's Hindu, but like when she does her like religious stuff, we ask her like, "Why are you, why are you doing it?" And she says, "I oh, just you just need to do it." God said. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, God said. She doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know why she's doing it. Yeah, yeah. But it would help if if fucking people knew why they're doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's what they feel like, aren't they? Then sort of. Like I wouldn't buy into something if I didn't know why I was doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas it's I feel like those because they're different. Their parents wouldn't have known. Their parents, someone would have known way back when, but as you come generation generation, they stop knowing, and then it's about well, why don't you know? It's like well, well, because God said. Like you're gonna, if you don't do it this way, then you're gonna go to hell or whatever. You're gonna be reincarnated into like a rat. Yeah, I feel like that might be a bit why religion could be dying out because people can't answer questions. The simple questions. They can't yeah. answer simple questions. Like, what does that actually mean? Instead of trying to like, they should try and modernize it to make it fit in a modern world where people can ask why, and then you say the reasons why. Yeah, but then everyone would just say it's a fucking cult, wouldn't they? Yeah. Why are you starting well, a cult? Religion is a bit culty, isn't it? Scientology. Um, well, I kind of look at like, religion like, rather than actual religion, like the philosophies that are behind it. Mm. I feel like that that's something you can say, why? Oh, because if you behave like this, you become yeah. a better person, you become a nicer person, your relationships get better, you become more positive thinking. Yeah, it's like we were having the discussion yesterday about just being better people in general. And I was saying, I've started watching uh, My Name is Earl. Yeah, I watched the first episode. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's built on the fact that some guy that used to be a, a robber, a thief and everything, um, he won some money and then as he won the money, he got hit by a car and that money, he lost the money that he won because it was on a scratch card. Um, but the, the meaning behind it is he's doing things, good things that are good for people. He feels better. So it's not necessarily, well, it might be because people say like the universe aligns to you. So if you do good things, then good things will happen. But I think a lot of it is, this, this is what like, um, Jordan Peterson says, God is, God is from within. Yeah. So if you be, if you are a good person, Say, for example, I'm good, I'm happy, I've done some nice stuff for people, and I fe- I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. And I, I can't wear a situation. I can look at that situation in two ways. Because I feel good, I'm going to look at it in a better way because I'm going to have a deposited mindset to look, look at a situation and take the goodness out of it, glass half um, full. Whereas someone who just lives within negativity are going to look at that same situation I'm looking at but they're going to be in a bad state of mind. They're only going to draw all of the negative out of it. But imagine that like tenfold on everything that they do. You're just going to yeah. keep that negatives and you're going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake about this. And then that's going to just drag you down because you're going to do it in a bad mood or whatever, like if you need to do something. And it's just going to piss you off because everything else will get annoying to, or to you. Whereas if you're just in good, like you've found happiness from within and you're in a good place and then you are looking at all situations and taking all the happy things out of it, um, it's like, for example, what you were saying, like, when you, yesterday, when you find yourself from within, your job improves, like, your work yeah. improves, your um, relationships improve, because you're yeah, and this at is, positive rather than negative. This is where, like, when you mentioned Jordan Peterson, like, cause I've heard him say that God is from within. 
Yeah. Whereas I felt like when I was in like a bit of a down time, like down place. Yeah. I thought not listening to him, but from what I've listened to him, um, I think I listened to it today. Someone with Lex Friedman asked him what is God, and he basically said, "Yeah, God's from like you. God, God's from within." Wait, is this on YouTube Shorts? You might have done a YouTube show, but I think I listened to the uh, clip. I think I watched it yesterday. And there's been a few things you've said you've watched, which oh. watched and then things that I've watched you watch. The algorithm must be linked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very good. <laughs> so I was thinking about that today when I listened to it. I was thinking, what you're saying makes sense. Like, God is like a being of positivity. And if you can get that positivity from within yourself, mm. then you can sort of have that positive energy around you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought, like, I told you before at the start of the year, like, I was listening to, like, stoic quotes and reading about stoicism, and it said, like, to control things that you can only control. So my thinking was control myself, get myself yeah, go to the gym, get my physical shape better, and then start working on my mental health and shit. And then it all just like stacks up and then because you feel better, you do better for other people. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. in a happier place yourself. You can spread that happiness. It's yeah. so much easier to spread happiness if you're happy with yourself. Yeah. If you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be able to spread happiness because you don't really know what happiness is properly. Yeah. And then in that, in, in that sort of situation, for example, right, say, um, say you've been in a happy place for about the last six months, for example, and then I've just become happy over the last couple of weeks and I meet up with you, um, you're going to thrive even more off the fact that I've got happy. Whereas if I just got happy and you've been sad for the last six months and you're still sad and down in the dumps now, and then you meet me who's just come happy, you wouldn't take inspiration from me being happy. You would yeah. be more envious or jealous and you'd be yeah. looking at my situation in a negative sort of light. So Whereas you need to work on that yourself first yeah. because as well, I think once you're happy with yourself, any negativity that sort of comes your way, you can just bounce it off. Yeah. It's weird. Like, and this is what sort of got me looking at spirituality and energies and stuff. Like, I don't know if it's actual spirituality or it's just yeah, how your brain works. This is what like, I'm trying to figure out because I listen to like, neuroscientists, but then I also listen to people who talk about spiritual side of things. Yeah. So it's like, but I feel like they fall so in line with each other. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I said this on a podcast already, but I was talking to my mate who's he's heavily into like spirituality, and I was listening to Andrew Huberman, and he said like first thing in the morning, it's good to go outside, go for a walk, and get some sunlight in your eyes. Yeah. It starts your circadian rhythm. Yeah. So once you go out and get that sunlight in your eyes, your circadian rhythm starts. So then throughout the day, your body knows it's awake. And then throughout the afternoon, you start like, um, your body will start to wind down, getting ready. And then by the evening time, you're ready to go to sleep and you have a good night's sleep and you wake up again, do it again. And I was telling my mate and he said, oh, he goes in spirituality, say you should go outside in the morning and get light in your third eye. So I don't like spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if third eye's there or I don't know where it is, but (laughs) I guess it's just your body, isn't it? Your third eye. Yeah. And I was like, I said to him, like, fucking hell, like, I feel like neuroscience and 
spirituality they're like they fall like hand in hand with each other but they've not met up at the top yet yeah there's also so, like unanswered questions where there's a gap um to connect them they're, they're, they're like if you look at it like a chain you can't link them together because there's that missing link maybe humans yeah. aren't advanced enough to ever find that that missing link so i think that's what got me interested in ancient civilizations because i was thinking this is just on based on one thing but it's so related to each other mm. there must be more there in spirituality that maybe neuroscientists haven't even figured out yet yeah but these guys back in ancient times figured it out yeah yeah that what that leads us to believe that they had um advanced technology in a different way than we see an advanced technology because we see advanced technology as computers and stuff like that obviously they didn't have computers yeah because you would find some shit i feel like they saw it more in a natural way rather than a yeah 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 i think i've had this conversation with someone before i might have had it on i'm probably not on the podcast because it's a bit um it's a bit out there but imagine we have right we're on planet earth right and we're year what 2022 or whatever and we are sat in front of a computer and this is how we live our life everything on earth like we spend money in the shops you've got donuts bakeries all that stuff these are all products that have made from the evolution of human and mankind a donut yeah. for example if you have the exact same earth that started at the exact same time as us i guarantee if we moved from our earth to that one it will be completely different there would yeah. not be a similarity at all like they might not even sit on chairs for example because they might have invented something else completely different and that's mm. what might have happened back in ancient times is like you said then they've taken natural route so they might have connected with the higher power or whatever it is in a completely different way but they might have found it a lot faster or a lot easier or they weren't distracted by the advancements of this sort of technology which is yeah. in front of me here no i think it's definitely there's something there in that world that needs exploring further yeah but it's a hard one to like talk to people about spirituality because people think it's a lot of mumbo jumbo <laughs> but the only thing i used to think that but then when like that was the prime example i was probably what changed my sort of opinion on it and i'm trying to be more open-minded to things as well so when he said that, I was like, fuck, like, and try to link them together. It sort of opened my eyes to other ways of thinking. Yeah. Which sometimes, like, things you learn might not even resonate with you at that time, but then in the future, they might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you look back. If you read through things and you just take the bits out that fit with you here and now, then like, that's what I'm doing. And that's good enough for me. Like, I'm happy to do that. I don't want to f- fully say I'm. Um, spiritual and start carrying stones with me and all this stuff but like I'll, I'll look at it and i'll think yeah like do good for other people and do good for yourself and more good will come that's what i yeah. think like. and we kind of broke that down analyzed that a little bit and it does make sense because mm. it makes you feel happier and then your happiness gets passed on to other people you're not as snappy you're not as a uh, grumpy all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people just, like to be around you. Yeah. Because you make them feel happy. It breeds itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. 
Alright, shall I put up the next one? Yeah, go on, put the next article up. Okay. Um, I shared this one, it's mine again, but I think it's quite a good one to talk about. So, major companies um, are dropping college requirements for new hires. So, okay. this is college uh, in UK, we call it university. Um, we're saying there's a big companies such as like Google, Tesla and IBM have dropped requirements for college degrees as the college enrollments continues to drop. Now, I've not really read through the whole article because we'll just sort of discuss it, but why is it dropping? Because we could probably tell like from the past, from us going to uni and coming out and of uni and stuff, we could probably estimate that it was going to drop. Uh, yeah. So my views on uni as a graduate is I kind of, I won't say I regret going to uni because sort of maybe who I am today yeah. and probably wouldn't have these views if I did, didn't go to uni. Um, so in a way, uni was beneficial to me, but in another way, like if I have children, I would, I wouldn't want them to go to uni. You would I'd rather them. Yeah, I would try and push them more towards finishing um their levels or college and then go into like an apprenticeship style junior role or something mm. i feel like when i left uni i wasn't ready for the workforce like, you might go uni and i'm gonna gear you up to be employable yeah 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 but i wasn't ready for the workforce um, probably less ready than i was after coming out of college yeah i feel like if you went to college and then you got a apprenticeship and it wasn't highly paid but what does it matter because you're still learning anyway yeah 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 yeah. you're learning skills i mean but the good thing about uni is um you, you like you said then same thing with me as well from going uni the life experience that i learned were absolutely like you, you won't get that anywhere else but yeah like, the, the, life, as well. the life experience is different I don't know if I would be who I am today if I didn't go to uni. I don't know if I'd think the same. Mm. Whether I'd just get a job and then I'd just be stuck in like, the corporate world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just working and then coming yeah. out. You wouldn't be questioning. Maybe uni life. taught me to th think a bit more critically. But I don't know if I put that down to uni or not. I can't. You can't say because you don't know. Like Your life's just an yeah. accumulation of experiences. Probably the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the experimental side of university. Probably. But would I have done that if I didn't go to uni? Yeah. Because that's what I like. Obviously, not as heavy, but a lot of people do heavy stuff like psychedelics and then. But they don't do psychedelics yeah. until they're in their 50s sometimes for the first time. And then they have the realization of life and start wanting to look into stuff more. Mm. So maybe it's <laughs> between college and uni, that's how it's set up in England. You, or not even England, um, uni, between college and work, work, you should be, the government should allow a year, they won't, but it'd be good if they did, allow a year to pay 
whatever they do, like nine grand, same way as student loan works, but instead of going to uni and learning shit that you can just Google, because that's all they do, or they give you a book which is about 15 years old, and but I studied marketing in uni, and marketing changes every year, and all the stuff from uni, looking back at it, it was outdated even when I was at uni, when we were learning that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there could be something else to do, for, even just for a year or two years. Live out, live on your own, meet that random. Because another aspect of it is, I know, yeah, we're still in England. People from all over England were coming into one city, um, and you and then you had a few international students as well. But you meet all these like for the first time in your life. You meet all of these different types of people, and you're at that age where you can start doing different stuff, and you have all your freedom. It's just a massive gush of like learning in that sense. And that's before you even sit down in a lecture. Yeah. I never thought about it like that, actually. So that's just like remove the whole education side, as in the sit down and learn. <laughs> just do the first year of union. <laughs> Which is basically it. That was it. <laughs> then just don't go back. That's like, all you really need is just that year. Well, imagine having that for two years, but not as... I don't know, yeah. would you appreciate it as much knowing that it's made for that? I don't know. It's like a psychological thing then, isn't it? Yeah, like, I think what would be probably be beneficial is if you didn't go uni, you just went travelling for a year. Yeah. I can't speak on that because obviously I've not been travelling, but... It's a similar kind of thing what you're saying there. You're just going to meet... And if the government had a scheme or no, the government had a scheme, yeah, if there was a scheme other than going to uni, yeah, it paid for people to go travel and experience the world. Yeah, you'll learn so much more because you'll learn about cultures, you'll learn stuff about, well, I mean, you'll pick up stuff like maths and stuff because of all the currency changes and that's yeah. like, without even knowing that you're picking up all of these like fundamental skills. Um, You'd probably learn more in that year than you would. At your three years at uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And the price of uni is, it's a scam. I think people are realising that it's like wherever there's an opportunity, even though it's something good, what it is, is every time there's an opportunity for someone to, I guess that's like capitalism, whenever there's an opportunity for someone to make money, they drill into that as much as they possibly can. And make the most money out of that one scenario. So think about the COVID nineteen. I think all of these um, pharmaceutical companies made shitloads off yeah. the back of something. Just a. I feel like it. everyone slams capitalism, right? But I feel like if there wasn't, if it wasn't for debt, like actual debt as we see it today, capitalism wouldn't be as extreme as it is. Well, it's only got extreme because of debt. Yeah, because think about it. If uni was nine grand a year, people have to pay that out of their own pocket. They won't go. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's where capitalism capitalism is now. It's um, you can have whatever you want. You don't need the money. You can buy a TV. You don't have to have the money. Yeah. Buy now, pay later. Everything is buy now, pay later. So it's sort of linking to the great reset again. But it's like you will own nothing and you'll be happy. People are not owning stuff. They're ready yeah. and they're happy. 
It's like your mortgage. Houses won't be as expensive if it wasn't for mortgages. Because mm. yeah. people won't be able to put 300k down on a house or in London, 600k plus on a house if it wasn't for the mortgage. Mm. So, Kate, my partner, do you know how much? Should I tell you how much their parents bought their house for in 19, either late 70s or early 80s? No, but it'd be something silly. 17 grand. All right, that's mad. That's just a deposit, less than the deposit these days. <laughs> 17 grand. And now I think that that house must be what worth about, probably about 180 maybe? More than probably. 190. Three bed, one, one bathroom. I don't know. I don't know what the housing price is like right now. Mm. But that's mental. Um, yeah, she was telling me she was going through all of her receipts and stuff because she's got this folder of everything for a house that she's ever bought since the beginning. And she was like getting her wall done outside the house. So she was looking at how much she spent originally for the wall because the price of it now was like, it's only a low wall, but I think it's about three grand or something for this wall to be rebuilt. Two grand, and then she's looking through the paperwork, and she only paid a couple hundred quid a few years ago. All right. Oh, not a few years ago when they just moved in. Sorry. Inflation, but then obviously, I guess with the uni, uh, dropping uni, and uh, people dropping out, not well, not dropping out, not going to uni or college um, as much anymore, must be like the the cost of living crisis as well, because. Even like 10 years ago, it's still hard for people to move out to uni. Yeah. You know, to afford it. I think there's a lot of things that are playing a factor. Mm. Like student debt's out of control. Cost living crisis, where people, students are already struggling. So they're going to struggle even more. Yeah. Um, I feel like degrees have sort of... Because I mean, most people you speak to these days have a degree. Yeah. Especially our age, like loads of people went to uni. Mm. Um, they're not competitive enough now, the degrees. Yeah, it's not as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not as scarce, like, everyone's got one. Yeah, they're not as valuable now. They're not as valuable. That's you it. have to go up to the further, like, PhDs level to actually have value. Same yeah. stuff apart from the rest of the people. But. Yeah, like talking about capitalism, I think that has fucked it up. And I think that's down to fucking us being on a fiat currency. Yeah. So like the gold reserve. Well, the gone. concept of capitalism is like fairly simple. And it makes sense. And it, you can't really disagree with how the fact that we're in the capitalism, cap- capitalism now, but. The, the fact of what you said of debt or greed from both parties, though, because materialism has come into it from the consumer's point of view. Yeah. And then from the other side. No, if there was no debt and materialism was a thing, then people would just spend what they earn. Yeah, it would be a thriving it. economy uh, yeah. in that sense. It works, supply and demand. Yeah. So if Nike are selling trainers for 150 quid, but people don't have that money to spend. Mm. Then people won't buy the trainers, so they'll have to reduce the price of the trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. So, but because 
people can afford it because they can pay in debt. Like, yeah, like you said, um, they can keep putting the prices up as much as they want now. Yeah. Because the more they put the price up, just the longer you're in debt for. Whereas you could maybe if you was to go, okay, I can buy these trainers, I can pay it. I can't pay yet, I can pay at the end of the month. That's I think that's what it was with like Avon and things like that. You pay on payday, you, know? you get all your stuff from the catalogue and you pay on payday. That's where it all started from, wasn't it? Yeah. Type of model. And then it was like that's one month and now it's like you can pay a fucking you can pay shit back over like five years. Yeah. <laughs> for an item. But thinking about it as well. Would we have seen the amount of growth that we've seen if it wasn't for that? Yeah, in such a short span of time. Yeah. Mm. Or would we sat here now on Zoom? Or would we still be like in the early 2000s? Do I don't know though, would we? Because if you actually think about it, say there was no, no such thing as debt and you work, you earn your money and you spend exactly what you've earned and what you need, right? Say Nike did put their shoes up for 150. Yes, they will lower the price, so it's a bit easier for them to be obtained. But then at the same time, materialism will still be here and the competitiveness of humans in that sense. Everyone that's working will work harder, they'll work longer, they'll work more to be able to obtain that thing, right? And businesses would run more efficiently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just wasting money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to keep the cost low as possible. Because you're literally working off it in and out, bro. Like everything's in, whatever comes in can then, like, things can go out. Yeah. So everything will be, so it would be such a basic model, but everything would, but that just means the corporate, well, the high up levels wouldn't be greedy. But that's another human trait. Even if they, if they were greedy, but there's no, like, shortcuts they could take. Yeah. Acquiring shitloads of leverage, then they can be greedy and all it will do is increase the amount of money that company's earning. Mm. But I don't know. Something to think about, though, actually. I've never thought about it before. I just literally thought about it now. The we will do a video. Uh, a, a podcast episode I think we talked about it ages ago we not talked about it on the podcast but called Capitalism versus Socialism yeah we'll do that we'll have that discussion that not really a debate because we have to be on one side or the other to each other but we'll we find some socialists most <laughs> people you... advocate for it now socialism well Okay, so you were saying earlier in this discussion that you wanted to find someone who would agree with the Great Reset. A socialist probably are more likely to, obviously, than a capitalist. Yeah. So. I, I don't know because. Aaron's journey to finding a socialist. To finding a Great Reset advocate. Yeah, I need to find one. Oh, uh. Do some research to see if I can interview one. Wait, why did you say I don't know if a socialist oh. would be a advocate? Because the Great Reset is full of corporations that are capitals. But then, oh yeah, they're but, not the socialists. It will be the uh, the peasants, the peasants that the 
below. But I don't... <coughs> I feel like we're kind of in a socialist world anyway, at the minute. The amount of money that's being printed. But the thing is, it's going to the top and not to the people, which is... It's pushing the middle class down. What happens with like, people who put Marxist ideologies into place, like the Soviet Union, the people at the top live like kings and the rest of them live like peasants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that old school. Um, the the guy at the top gets fat, whilst mm. everyone else goes skinny. Mm. All right, should we do it next one? Yeah. So, should we do a fun one now and then call we do it? The end one? Yeah. Um, all right, we'll do two. Well, I don't know. Let's just do this one. All right, so have you been following this? Uh, no. Oh, for the audio listeners, we don't have any audio listeners because we only go on YouTube. But uh, Anthony Joshua has accepted terms to fight Tyson Fury on December the third. Um, I'm not bothered with the communication being halted. Oh, I thought that's why you included this. No, no sorry. No, no, no. Right, I've I heard just... that they've agreed to, to fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that communication halted due to the Queen's death is just because uh, you're not going to hear any further developments until... Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought yeah. that's why you put it in because... It's nah, been... I just put it in because the family agreed terms. Yeah, no, I heard about it. Um... Pretty excited for it. It's the fight. I think all British fans, and probably boxing fans, have wanted to see for our fucking good while. Well, it's not even just boxing fans. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore boxing fan. I delve into boxing, but this is a fight that needs to be watched. Yeah. So, and I think it's a bit of a shame that Joshua had not got his belts because it would have been a good fight. It would have meant it's not a, be a good fight either way, but I think it'll be a better fight if there were belts. But I think this, this fight means more than belts anyway, really. Because yeah. it's not who is the best, really. Who's the right. king of Britain? Yeah. Uh, and obviously... So... Fury is getting on a bit, though, now. Yeah, who's he fight for? Uh, let's have a look at this in the circle. Heavyweight fighters fight till they're about 40, though, I think. Yeah, because they don't need to be as athletic. 34 yeah. he is, yeah. Joshua's not that much younger than him, though. He's 32. 33. He is 32. Two years younger. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking hell, one of them's age is a bit different than the other. <laughs> yeah, just fear he looks as fucking old as fuck, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's had some rough-ass life. Yeah. Cocaine and beer. <laughs> but I think uh, few will beat him. But I think it'll be easier fight for him than Usyk. For Joshua, but I still think Fury will win. Why would you say it's going to be an easier fight for him? Because I think AJ is good. He's got power. He's good when somebody's easier to hit. And Fury's shown against Wilder that he can be hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Usyk, he's just darting around the ring like he's small and nimble. Way nimble, like way too athletic for uh, yeah. for, for, for Joshua. So I think AJ. 
AJ and Usyk, they're just... Usyk is a bad matchup for AJ because AJ can't move like that. Mm. Whereas with Fury, Fury's a bit, bit more of a lump in he, so... Yeah. Well, he still moves around, though. Yeah, he still moves around, but he can. He still gets hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which I yeah, think yeah, will yeah. make it more of an exciting fight for yeah. the fans. Um, I still think Fury will outclass him, but... Um, I think AJ will have a if he comes in like he like he used to be where he's just a powerhouse mm. then he should be able to uh, give Fury a bit of a bit of run for his money he'll be a good fight are you, where are you watching this in London? Uh, 3rd of December yeah probably where are they fighting? US? no they'll fight in the UK somewhere will they? I think so Oh, it's not even been announced where they're going to fight. It's the biggest, one of the biggest fights in the UK for a while, isn't it? So, mm. the UK fans, so it has to be here. It's either going to be here or Saudi. Yeah, it depends on the money, right? Yeah. And it's a money fight, so... In Saudi. But I don't... For, in Joshua's, like, perspective... If he was just doing it for the boxing, it's not a good fight for him to take right now. I thought he should fight some people a little bit down the ranks. Um, That's what he's done all his career anyway. Yeah, built his confidence back up again and then gone in for Fury. But I think he's, uh, he's obviously from the end of the last fight he's had, he might be going a bit fucking cuckoo in the head. But um, I reckon he's took this fight because he's got nothing to lose now. Like yeah, he's got no belts. He's got no his rep. He might feel like his reputation's kind of gone in the gutter a little bit. Um, I don't think it's but, even if he loses this fight, it's not going to be the end of his career. You'll still see him yeah. fighting, but just we just lower down the ranks. He's definitely going to be the underdog in this fight, right? He's not going to be favourite. Yeah, of course. And um, what I'd like to see is Joshua Wilder. Oh yeah, I guess now he's sort of lost his belt so they're not gotten back um maybe he's just gonna go and take these big fights take because he must know his career's on the verge anyway yeah um, and he's gonna get he's got an opportunity to get these paydays whether he wins or loses Shit, yeah because the fights that the fans have wanted to see since yeah i wish he took the wilder fight earlier on when well, he had that bad, he done the Fury fight though like he took that joshua should have took this fight earlier yeah, I think he was because he had the belts. He was picking and choosing his fights a bit. Yeah, tactically. Yeah, uh, but now he's not got the belts to worry about. Yeah, so now he can just go for the paydays. Paydays and retire. So a fight Fury, maybe Wilder, maybe fucking McGregor or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> KSI McGregor, <laughs> and then retire with fucking. Is McGregor fight? Oh, if he fought McGregor, it'd be a massive fight. Oh, well, McGregor's not going to go up weight for that. Like that sort no, of he has to go up quite a bit, I think. Yeah. McGregor's looking big now, though. Yeah, I don't know why he's not doing any fighting, though, is he? Not? No. He's just lifting weights and. I think he's just enjoying his life now. Taking juice, maybe. <laughs> I think Rogan was saying on one of his podcasts that UFC fighters, they're, you're going to see them like, become less. Because as the sport's getting more and more raw 
and it's like getting more sort of vicious, you're going to see the expectancy of these fighters, the life expectancy in the ring to come or in the octagon to come down loads. So they'll only be whereas boxers fight for quite a while, really. Yeah. UFC fighters are only going to fight for a short period of time and then have to retire. Or whatever. Yeah, it's quite intense in the mm. body. Isn't it? That's a bad. That's not a good thing because boxers can have like ten fights and they're still unknown. Yeah. And then they can have five solid fights and then they become like a household name. Yeah. Whereas there's um like the turnover of uh, fighters for UFC. People aren't going to be long enough to build great reputations unless you're someone like McGregor. Because since McGregor in the UFC, there's hardly been any names for someone who doesn't really, is not an actual fan of UFC. There's hardly been any big names that you can know of. Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. I don't really watch UFC that much. Francis Ngarni, he's the only guy I can name off the top of my head. I watched Ferguson and Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah, that's. Six five that innit? You watch it, yeah. I, that submission was wicked. Yeah. I love Nate Diaz on he's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a gangster, isn't he? <laughs> he just doesn't care. They had like pure respect for each other in that fight though, them two. Yeah, that's I think I was gonna send you like the after bit of it and say this is like how a fight should end, not I mean compared to like how Joshua's ended. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because even when, there's, you know, when he uh, announced the winner, Ferguson was putting up uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won, he won. But these two are like legends, aren't they? So they're like quite fucking. Yeah. They're not like. They know their careers like coming to an end. So they're both just fighting each other and they're both like. They're not taking it too seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. So at the end, they were like, oh, you won that fair and square. Even like when McGregor lost, out of all of the shit that he gave yeah. him, when he lost his fight, he said, yeah, I fucking lost. <laughs> and he was like, sound about it. No excuses, nothing. He was mm. like, I lost. What do you want me to do? He's <laughs> the cockiest guy before the fight, but then yeah. afterwards, there's not an ounce of like, yeah, humbled. He's been humbled. Even when he wins the fight, so he's he's no he's not cocky afterwards. Yeah. He's got like the utmost respect, hasn't he? Well, from listening to Joe Rogan and how he talks about martial arts, I think it teaches you that to have that level of like be humble. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Respect it, your it, opponent. Yeah, I think before the fight, McGregor does it sell sell the fight, but I think he's still quite humble. Like afterwards, it shows that's raw emotion there because you've just been in the fight for yeah five rounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas yeah. whereas Joshua's raw emotion. Yeah, you saw his raw emotion, and I always. From like when Joshua was like seen as this like humble guy, you could see that side to him where he's arrogant, had that arrogance. Yeah. But people didn't really cotton on to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right, should we call it now? Uh yeah, we can do. Right. All right, thank you all for listening. Thanks guys. Episode thank 10. You. Hope you enjoyed our return. I don't think any of our viewers have made it to this. <laughs> our uh, 10 subscribers. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. See you later.